Good morning, friends. Today we kick off our new sermon series on 1 Corinthians 12 and 13 called Together, where we get to explore our unity and our diversity and our gifts and how this is all lived out in relationship with God and others. And I'm excited for this series and uh, for how it leads us nicely into our summer seminar series on, on fivefold gifts for ministry that will be coming up in a, in a couple weeks. Um, and this is all super valuable stuff. And Pastors Jonathan and Greg will have some great sermons over the next three weeks exploring all of these things. Um, and while the rest of the series gets to explore some rich imagery and clear content, uh, I will be kicking us off with one of those difficult passages that Pastor Greg spoke about in our uh, How to Hear God's Word series over the past few Sundays. Uh, you know, the, the kind where you read it and you say, what? So let's dive into our passage today and we can all say what together for a moment and then work out uh, what that all means. So First uh, Corinthians 12 verses 1 to 6 says, now about the gifts of the Spirit, brothers and sisters, I do not want you to be uninformed. You know that when you were pagans, somehow or other, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. Therefore, I want you to know that no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. There are different kinds of gifts but the same Spirit distributes them. There are different kinds of service, but the same Lord. There are different kinds of working, but in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. So, verse 1 and verses 4 to 6 aren't particularly odd. Uh, pretty clear, right? But verses 2 and 3, uh, those are the what? passages. They seem to have uh, these uh, interesting comments where the Apostle Paul, who wrote this, seems to be addressing uh, particular matters or, or issues that the Corinthian church would have understood immediately, but which is a little bit unclear for us. So, what's going on? Well, First, um, I think it's, it's, it's worth noting in, uh, that, it, that in verse 2, uh, Paul starts uh, and says, When you were pagans, you were somehow influenced and led astray to mute idols. And I think that Paul is, is being generous or kind here in using the past tense, when you were you were led astray. Uh, it, it's, like, uh, it's like a prophetic past tense in, in the same way that I would say, before I met Jesus, I was a sinner, past tense, even though I currently still struggle with sin. It's, it's likely the Corinthians were still struggling and being led astray by idols. And we know this from chapter 10. Because earlier in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul has addressed the Corinthian church on the issue of worshiping other idols. Now, the city of Corinth, it was a, it was a, it was a port city uh, in, in the Roman Empire, uh, and it was a city of abundant choices be, because of that, because goods and ideas and services were always flowing through uh, 
the, the city. And, uh, and, and so then, therefore, gods were there uh, from all over the, over the place, um, with, with temples to Greek and Roman and other gods. It was a consumer's choice of idolatry where uh, citizens did engage the worship of any gods that would fit their particular need or desire at the moment. And so whether that was the god of music or the god of navigation or the goddess of love and sex, uh, there was a god that the citizens could turn to for whatever need or desire they had. So when Paul reminds them that when they were pagans, before they knew Jesus, that they were influenced and led astray to mute idols, he is referring to this marketplace of gods that the people of Corinth could turn to for whatever their needs. And it's not that these idols were entirely powerless, because in chapter 10, Paul reminded them that there were spiritual forces, demons, behind these idols. So there, there was spiritual power that the people were being led astray by. And, and so, you, so you, can, you could imagine um, a couple that was struggling with fertility might go to the goddess of fertility because uh, they probably heard stories from friends or neighbors about how it had worked out for them. Um, and so these, these word-of-mouth stories, these uh, anecdotal uh, evidence um, would, would lead the people uh, to go uh, participate. Um, they, would, they would hear the positive results uh, from the, regarding these various gods, and so they would, they would go engage uh, with them. Um, or, you know, you might have a, a, a sailor who, uh, who might make an offering at the temple of the god of navigation uh, with the promise of safety for his upcoming voyage. And a positive result would move him to trust this god of navigation all the more the next time he would go on a journey. So there was something a person wanted. There was a perceived power that um, from these gods uh, and that the idols could, could help them get what they wanted. And so people would place their trust in these gods to fulfill their wants. So personal desires led to seeking power for their lives, which led to trust in these gods. And we see this type of thing um, happen in other places in the Bible, in, in the book of Acts. In, in Acts uh, chapter 16, uh, Paul and Silas are in Philippi, and they, they encounter a slave woman with a spirit uh, who made a great deal of money for her owners by telling people their future for a price. So she had a spirit. Apparently, this spirit had enough power to predict people's future accurately enough that they kept coming and paying because the slave owners made, as it says, a great deal of money through this woman. So people had personal desires to know their future. They sought power through this slave woman and the spirit that was in her, and in doing so, placed their trust in her and the spirit. Uh, we see this in Acts chapter 8 as well, where, uh, where Philip um, is in the city of Samaria and uh, encounters Simon the sorcerer. 
And Simon the sorcerer could do certain wonders by his magic, and so people followed him. And, and Simon the sorcerer wanted them to. Um, in Acts um, 8 verse 9, uh, it says that, that, he, that he boasted that he was someone great. And so uh, people, people, they desired spiritual power. They sought it out from Simon, who had it. And so they put their trust in him, and they followed him. And in addition to, uh, to these examples from, from Scripture, there's also uh, some historical evidence to suggest that people had spiritual experiences during worship of other gods, whether uh, visions or prophetic utterances or other charismatic types of experiences that would leave, lead them to believe in a sense of power from participating in or engaging with these various gods and idols. So people desired spiritual power. They would encounter it from the idols. And so they would place their trust in them. And this is the type of thing that Paul seems to be referring to when he says, when you were pagans, you were influenced and led astray to mute idols. They were being um, led astray by their desires uh, for power and placing their trust. Uh, this is what uh, this is what we see going on. But couldn't we couldn't we ask? Well, if people were being helped, what does it matter if they're being helped by the spirit of God or some other spirit? Doesn't it only matter that they're they're getting what they want? This is where verse 3 steps in and says, who we are placing our trust in is what matters most. Paul writes, no one who is speaking by the Spirit of God says, Jesus be cursed. And no one can say, Jesus is Lord, except by the Holy Spirit. Now, Paul isn't saying that a follower of Jesus can't physically utter the words, Jesus be cursed. Um, I mean, I just did. <laughs> so, uh, so otherwise, you and I would be physically unable to, to read these words out loud, or there's other conclusions that mean far worse things for me. Um, uh, and, and Paul isn't saying that, you know, a non-Christian is unable to physically utter the words, Jesus is Lord. Um, that's not what he's, he's saying. Uh, however, we, we, don't, we don't know uh, if there is a specific question or issue that had come up among the Corinthians where, where believers were, were saying this phrase, uh, we, we don't know if this was being said uh, in the city or in uh, places of worship to these other gods. Uh, we don't know the specific situation that Paul is addressing when he says this. What we do know is that Paul is saying is that those under the influence of the Spirit of God acknowledge Jesus as Lord. And those who are under the influence of some other spirit do not acknowledge the Lordship of Jesus. So does it matter where help was coming from for them? Or where their power came from if it, if it met their needs or desires? I think, I think God's word in verse 3 here says, yes, 
it really matters. Who we place our trust in is more important than whatever power or benefits we receive here on earth. Whose influence we are under is more important than whether our personal desires or agendas are met. Who we are following, who our Lord, who our life leader is, is more important than what we get out of it here on earth. Now, I don't think that, that these scenarios uh, from Scripture um, are somehow first century challenges uh, merely of the early church uh, that we can't relate to. I think that we often have personal desires that lead us to seek power to achieve them, which leads us to put our trust in those uh, people or things who can accomplish them. So um, I have a friend who uh, was recently stopped by a fortune teller on the streets of Vancouver. And this, uh, this fortune teller sought to show my friend um, how accurate and how much power he had. And so he proceeded to um, recite details about my friend's life that, that were uh, remarkably accurate, um, like dates in his life, um, people that were, were friends or that, that, he, that he dated, just lots of um, particular information that, um, that this fortune teller like, had to be getting from, from somewhere because it was, it was so, so detailed. Um, and, and, and so, uh, the, I mean, the, all with the goal that the fortune teller would, uh, would have my friend place his trust in him. And so, um, and, 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 then, and then the fortune teller said, said to him, you know, and also um, you're going to be rich someday. This is your fortune. You're going to be rich someday. And then he, uh, he wanted to, to give my friend a stone and then my, my, my friend would pay him the small sum of only $5 uh, for it. Um, it's only $5, right? Sure. But the fortune teller was seeking to have my friend places trust in him by wowing him with acts of power and enticing him with desire to be rich. It's a story that, that could have taken place in first century Philippi or in Corinth, but it didn't. It took place here in the 21st century in Vancouver. And it's not even that unusual uh, the internet and social media and cities and spiritual experiences of, of traveling are filled with promises to find ourselves, to fulfill ourselves, to, uh, to learn secret knowledge that will give us the keys to life or will give us uh, our heart's desires, the thing we've always longed for. But to whom are they leading us? And who are we being asked to place our trust in? And then uh, there are things that uh, at first seem to, uh, to not have any spiritual power, but actually um, have a lot. Um, like 
like the promise of riches that my friend was tempted with. Money is actually super tempting. I've seen many times where someone uh, fell on hard times financially um, in their place of need. They started to open up to God. And then when they found a solution to their financial woes, suddenly they were no longer interested in God and, and sometimes even questioned whether God really existed. Uh, we have a, a need or a desire. We seek a power to meet that need. And then we place our trust in that power or thing if they can give it to us. And, um, and so, it, so whatever that, that thing is that, that can give us what we want, that's what we'll place our trust in. If that leads us away from God, oftentimes um, it's, it's too easy to go along with that. And we, so we see this, this pattern all the time with, with, with finances and with relationships um, and just about any need or desire that we have. When we are most focused on uh, building up um, our own lives, of building our own kingdoms, we are easily led astray by any power that promises to give us what we want. So, where does this leave us? Well, the point is that when it comes to matters of the spirit, it's not about the power. It's about who the source is. Now, obviously, we learn from all of Scripture that, uh, that God is the most powerful, and it's ultimately super important that, that God have power to save, and he does. Now, in Jesus, who, who died on the cross for our sins and, and rose again, God has ultimate power. Um, but what I mean by, by power in this case is, 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 the, is the power that we desire to achieve uh, what you or I want. It's, it's the power that, that, that we seek, the, the power to have um, the life that we desire, the, the life that we long for, life, life on our own terms. But Paul, uh, Paul reminds us that, that power isn't the important thing. It's not about the power. It's about who is Lord of our lives. Who is the source of our lives? And so, so it doesn't matter if I know my future for the next 10 years, if that leads me away from Jesus. It, it, it doesn't matter if, if I achieve most of my hopes and dreams, if the pursuit of that leads me away from Jesus. It, it, it doesn't matter if I acquire really cool spiritual powers, if, if that leads me and others away from Jesus. Because anything that leads me away from Jesus, no matter how good it seems in the moment, is ultimately dangerous. Because it's ultimately evil and it ultimately leads to destruction. It, it keeps me from knowing the one who is truly good. The, the one who, who truly has 
my best interests and my good in mind and the good of everyone in mind. And Paul, Paul supports this, this further in, 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 verses, in verses 4 to 6, um, where he says that there are different kinds of gifts, um, that there are different kinds of serving, different kinds of works. But what matters most is their source. What, what matters is that the same Spirit, the same Lord, uh, the same God is the one who is the source of these things. So, it, so it's, not, it's not about the power. It's not about my gifts. It's not about my success. It's not about my ability to, uh, to achieve what I want. Uh, it's not about my identity. Uh, what matters most is that Jesus is our source. What matters most is that he is our Lord, our life leader. And so, so too, too often uh, in, in my life, uh, when I have uh, approached uh, an understanding of my gifts and uh, abilities, um, I have approached it with a sense of understanding uh, my strengths. To know what it is that makes me so special or what makes me unique, and, uh, and that that my spiritual uniqueness and, and gifting was was simply knowledge uh, to build myself up. That it was that it was a power to achieve my desires. Um, so so that I could be known, uh, so that I could be recognized. Um, uh, you know, I, I've I, I approached it as if it's a, a lift to my ego, uh, because there are things um, that 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 I want to be able to build for my desires, for my kingdom, uh, for things that make me great. And then somehow, because of these gifts and my uniqueness and fantasticness, because of it, people will somehow um, see how great I am, and then somehow that's supposed to fulfill me. So I'm convinced by, or sorry, I'm convicted uh, by how easy it is for me to chase power and spiritual power to build up myself rather than to surrender to the Lordship of Jesus. I'm challenged by um, how easy it is to put myself and my desires first even when it comes to the gifts and the blessings that God gives me. Now, I, uh, I, I used to work for uh, Albert Gertzen. Some of you met him. Um, and, uh, and when I worked for him, he would occasionally uh, give me his credit card uh, to go to buy our crew um, coffee and donuts or something, right? Um, and, and could you imagine if I would then have taken this trusted gift and then stopped by the mall? to buy a bunch of other things for myself. Even like even the thought of that, like it just it just feels so like laughable and self-centered to me. And yet God has gifted me with so many things, with spiritual gifts and with blessings. 
And it's so easy to, to turn that around to myself and to think about how this blesses me rather than how I use it to, to follow Jesus as Lord for how I place my trust in him. And really, that's the point. He is the source. And he gifts us for his purposes. And so then how are we seeking and trusting him? Now, I, I know I, I haven't said uh, too much about, about gifting or about unity or diversity um, just yet. And there's lots of that in the weeks to come. Uh, and I haven't gone there yet because... Because I think we have to start where God's word starts here. And it starts, uh, and it starts with Jesus. It starts with the, with the lordship of Jesus in our lives and where we are placing our trust. And I think that, that that's God's invitation to us this week. Our, our challenge as we start off is to consider what are the ways that we let our desires and our pursuit of power lead us away from Jesus? To consider what are the ways that maybe we use our gifts to elevate others and ourselves instead of to elevate Jesus? Will we surrender um, other lordships and place our trust in Jesus alone, to not let our desires and our pursuit of power to lead us to place our trust in something or someone else other than him. Would you pray with me? So Father, I thank you for, um, for these words of, of, of Paul that, um, that here in Corinthians direct us to, to think about the ways that our desires and our pursuit of power um, lead us away from you. But it, it's, it's so, uh, but I confess it, it's so easy to get caught up um, in my own desires and my own plans and, and, for, and for what I want. And what, yet, um, what you have is far better and who you are um, is far better than the desires that I chase after and that, and that your good is so much better. And so father, would you, would you, would you teach me, teach us um, in this week to, to place our trust in you to, to seek you first. So we ask for your leadership in our lives. In Jesus' name.